I want to know God. I do. I want to know him, and I suspect that I'm speaking to what you want, too, just by virtue of being here in one format or another today. And, of course, the difficulty of knowing God is, is, is that he's, he's at some level so unknowable. Isn't he so much bigger, so much greater, so, so incomparable and, and uncomprehendable? I, I, I want to introduce you a little bit to a strange kind of ping pong game or, or back and forth paradox in the Bible. And we just need to kind of get the physical motion in, in place. Now, I want you to take your hands and go like this, okay? Now, what I, at home, I want you to do it too. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to put them on your hand like this. Now, what I want you to do is shake your head back and forth like this, all right? Because sometimes, isn't that what it feels like when you try to get to know God? He's, he's big and he's mind-blowing. We use the phrase mind-blowing so casually that we forget it actually literally means like my mind, like, like synapses are misfiring. It's like things are melting. Fuses have been removed and the, the wiring is melting and I don't function anymore because I can't wrap my mind around God, the big, the vast, the incomparable, and the moment that I find in the Bible is that the God I want to know and have been designed to yearn for, who is fundamentally incomparable, nonetheless goes ahead and makes himself known. Not that we'll ever know everything there is about God. A billion years into eternity in his presence and we'll still be scratching the surface of the depth and the wisdom of who he is. And yet, this God who is incomparable, he makes himself known. This is the idea of God giving his name. For weeks now, we have been using God's name rather than the title God. Choosing to speak as the Bible speaks with the name Yahweh as opposed to the generic term God, because when you read the pages of the Old Testament, it's God's name again and again. Even if your translation might wash it out, might translate it with the title God, I tell you this, the most frequent word that you will find in the Hebrew Bible, the most frequent word, 4% of all Hebrew vocabulary, I looked it up, is the name Yahweh that off these pages, it's Yahweh, Yahweh, I'm Yahweh, this is who I am. I am looking to introduce myself to you. And then we come to a prophet like Isaiah, who gives us this unknown God that introduces himself, who then turns around and makes statements left and right, yet I am incomparable and there is no one like me. Well, if there's no one like you, how do I wrap my mind around you? If there's no one like you, to whom can I compare you to try to get glimpses of who you are? To which Isaiah then gives a thousand metaphors of actually comparing him to other things to give us glimpses and tastes. And that's when we go like this, and then like this, and you know what to do from there. Throughout the prophet Isaiah, this knowable God held apart is someone incomparable. Now I wanna show you something this morning to kind of demonstrate what I mean. Uh, throw the slide up, please. And I just kind of put some random words up here, all right? And what I want you to do is look at this list and I want you to divide this list into two categories, okay? Go ahead and divide this list mentally 
into two categories. I'll give you a couple of seconds to think it through. Okay, you kind of feeling a sense of where you would place these words over here and maybe these words over there? Now, I don't want to take the time, especially with a group our size, to go through and hear all the different ways it may have been subdivided because, of course, there's always more than one way to divide a list. But I'm going to ask you to be a little bold here this morning and, and just kind of let the world know if you did it this way. How many of you on one side put Yahweh, angels, heaven, and soul, and then on the other side put toads, earth, rocks, and body, more or less subdividing the spiritual and the physical? Who's going to be bold? Who's going to be brave? All of us, right? All of us. And what does it reveal? You're not listening. (laughs) Because what did I just spend five minutes saying? He is incomparable. Shouldn't the list look more like this? Because if Yahweh is uncomparable, there is no one like him. And if Yahweh is creator, and all things have been created by him, physical and spiritual, doesn't this seem to make more sense? This I want to submit to you is how the Bible shows Yahweh. How Yahweh speaks of himself, how the prophets and Jesus spoke of Yahweh, that there is no one like him. And because there is no one like Yahweh, there is no one who can do what Yahweh can do. Because there is no one like him, hear it again, there is no one who can do what he can do. And that, I tell you, is the invitation of Yahweh. The invitation of Yahweh to people since the time he created the first rocks and toads and souls. There's no one like me. And there is no one who can do what I can do so that when you face the impossible, the insurmountable, the unfathomable and unimaginable, you can come to me. Because I will have answers and solutions. I will offer help and salvation unlike anything you have ever seen. Welcome to Yahweh. Now I want to share my favorite Bible passage with you. There's actually like five passages I call my favorite and it depends like what the moon cycle is in and I think like what day of the week it is and maybe where I am in like my menstrual cycle and things like that. But you know, regardless, you get the idea. Um, I don't know where that came from, just free-flowing consciousness sometimes. But you know what I mean. Women, men have them too, don't they? Right, you know us. You know our moods. All right, this, this whole thing's derailed now. but I'm going to share one of them with you there's this guy in the back he's just like this right now I wish I had a picture it's from Isaiah 43 I taught you the hand motion You, you could have you could have it's from Isaiah 43 and I want you to hear what it says this is what it says okay it says Listen to what Yahweh says. He who 
created you, O Jacob. He who formed you, O Israel. Fear not. Or if I can put it this way, don't panic. I'm with you. I've called you by name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am Yahweh your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Isn't that awesome? I love that passage. Because I've passed through waters and I've passed through rivers and I've passed through fires. How about you? Don't panic. I'll be with you. I summoned you by name. You're mine. You who I created, you who I formed, I will be with you. The fire will not burn you. The water will not overwhelm you because I have redeemed you. There is no one who can do what Yahweh can do. We're all tempted, aren't we, to panic things because of our personalities, emotional makeups, the way it kind of integrates with what we've faced and experienced in life. We all have these, shall we say, chinks in our spiritual and emotional armor, these, these weak spots, if you will, that when the pressure is right and circumstances kind of hit and our mind is doing certain patterns and certain things, it starts leading us down a, a path of panic. You know what I mean. We all have a temptation to panic in the face of something. It might not be the same for you as it is for you, but we all have it, this temptation to panic before something. I'll tell you the things that have terrified me or the thing that has terrified me the most in life are those instances and those times when I have thought that I could not be redeemed, that the situation could not be redeemed. It might not be the same for you, this is just me. The things that have induced the most panic in my life, in the present and in looking in the future, are those things where I thought there is no redemption possible in this. It's taken different forms. Something that maybe I've done or that I've become. Which I've come to believe that there's no going back from this. This is permanent. This is forever. And not even God will pull me out of this or want to. Occasionally it takes a slightly different form. It's a hurt. A hurt that's been caused by me. And it's done. You know, sorry isn't going to fix it. And even if forgiveness is present, the consequence of it and the damage done is irrevocable. 
occasionally. It's been facing something where now the consequence of a choice, even if it didn't cause hurt, is nonetheless fixed. That I have chosen this path and there is no veering from it. No matter what the future holds, no matter what the inevitabilities might be, something has permanently changed and I have to live with it from which there is no redemption. I can't speak for you. But I can tell you that these are the things that have tempted me more than anything to panic. The temptation to believe that there is a God who cannot or will not redeem. And see, this is the message of Isaiah. This is what he is getting at. Don't panic. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Let me read this passage to you as it plays. I'll round up all your scattered children, pull them in from east to west. I'll send orders north and south, send them back, return my sons from distant lands, my daughters from faraway places. I want them back. Every last one who bears my name. Every man, woman, and child whom I created for my glory, yes, personally formed and made each one. Because you see, Israel thought they had done something from which there was no turning back. Israel found themselves in a place of which they believed there was no redemption, that God had cast them off. God had sent them away. God had warned them and they did not listen. And now there was a consequence, a price to pay. And it was permanent. And there was panic. That's it. That's it, we're done. We're, we're, we're finished, we're, we're, this is it. The relationship is broken forever. Our life course is set forever. The consequence of our action upon us is forever. Hopelessness. Panic, but that's not what Yahweh has to say. Don't panic. Don't panic. You are scattered. In living the consequence of your action, but I will call you back. Do you believe it? Will you claim it? Will you dare to hope that it might be true? Israel was struggling there, how about you? Because it's hard in that place, isn't it? It's hard in that place when the destiny seems fixed. This is determined. Gwen showed it, we know the laws of gravity. You're gonna fall. It's done, right? It's immutable as falling to the earth. It's hard to believe that something different can be possible. But see, that's exactly what Yahweh invites you to do, the incomparable one, who says, I am different. Different from anything you know, anything you can imagine, anything you've experienced, I am different. 
which means everything you have come with such certainty to believe, I can show you something new, something different. Because I am different, there is no one who can do what I can do. But make no mistake, Yahweh says, I can do it. And he dares Israel to believe. I love how this passage goes on. Listen to what it says next. Get the blind and deaf out here and ready. You know who the blind and deaf are here? It's not the literal blind and deaf if you read this. Isaiah 43, do it. It's worth your time. No, it's those who can't see what Yahweh is doing, those who aren't listening to what Yahweh is doing. It's actually not people who don't know Yahweh, it's those who know him and have met him, yet still don't see, understand, or believe. He says, get the blind and deaf out here and ready. The blind, though there's really nothing wrong with their eyes, and the deaf, though there's nothing wrong with their ears, Then get the other nations out here and ready. Let's see what they have to say about this, how they can account for what's happened when when Yahweh chooses someone and Yahweh redeems. Isaiah says, let them present their expert witnesses, make their case, let them try to convince us what they say is true. But here's where it turns. He says, but you, are my witnesses. Yeah, you, you who are sitting here, you who are listening today, you are my witnesses. God's decree, you're my hand-picked servant so that you'll come to know and trust me. Understand both that I am and who I am. He says, you are my servants, my witnesses. This is what Yahweh says about you. Will you dare to believe? Or is it too outlandish? Is it too, too unbelievable to even consider? Welcome to the incomparable one who says things that are outlandish and inconceivable to consider. You are my servants. Because I'll tell you this, we live in a world where people live on the edge of panic. People who live with a certainty of inevitability that life has to be a certain way. People who have resigned themselves to believing what the world seems to say is true and our experience seems to reinforce. People who don't know the incomparable way Yahweh says, I need you. You're my witnesses. See, I called you. I chose you to bear witness to a God who can be known and do what no one else can do. Above all, a God who can redeem. How much does God love you? I paid a huge price for you, Isaiah says, speaking for Yahweh. Yahweh says, I paid a huge price for you. You want to know all of Egypt? With rich Cush and Saba thrown in. Just imagine the G7 of the day. 
that's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade the creation just for you. Will you dare believe it? Previous to me, there was no such thing as a God. Nor will there be after me. I, yes, I am Yahweh. I'm the only Savior there is. I spoke. I saved. I told you what existed long before these upstart gods appeared on the scenes, and you know it. You're my witness. You're my evidence. God's decree. God dares you to see, to listen, and to believe that there is no one like him, and so no one capable of doing that which he did. And he doesn't leave you hanging. Just hope that it might be true. I don't mock it. Sometimes all we have is, is, a, is a fledgling thread of hope. But no, God says, I've shown it. I've done it. You can look and see. He tells the people of Israel, look at how I've redeemed. And extrapolating later, look at what I've done for you. From calling out of Egypt to calling out of Babylon to calling out of sin and death through the cross, God says, look, I've shown it. I've done it. You can dare to believe it is true, so don't panic. Do not be afraid. I am with you. He who formed you, O Jacob, and created you, O Israel, I will be with you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Hey, listen, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the raging rivers, listen, listen, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, because make no mistake, you will. But when you do, the flames, they won't scorch you. They will not set you ablaze. Because I, he says, I, Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel, the incomparable, I can do what no one else can do. I can save you, and I will. That's the invitation, what he dares you to believe. I hope you will.